Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Courageous Destiny podcast, creating your own rules of empowerment. I am Kristen Crockett, your hostess today. I'm CEO and founder of Courageous Destiny. I'm a coach, speaker, and entrepreneur. And I am so honored today to have Jason Mama Clay on my show from, hi, Jason, from Fuzzy Logic's Escape Room. I met Jason a few weeks back and we had an amazing conversation about how he was able to recreate and redefine his business during these times, you know, during these COVID times. And I thought, you know what, who doesn't need some inspiration right now and some different ideas on how to pivot? So this is the Courageous Pivot episode. So welcome, Jason. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Kristen. I'm doing all right, doing okay. You know, it's just take it day by day. Uh, there's snow flurries coming down. It's a pretty day outside and just continuing to chug along. Oh, I love it. I love it. Would, would you do us the honor of sharing with us your story? I know that you shared with me your story that you created this amazing business a few years ago and you were doing spectacular and then COVID happened and lockdown happened and you had a recreation <laughs> business where people actually have to come there <laughs> in order for them to, to, you know, and nobody could come. So what did you do? How, how did you approach that? So true. Absolutely. So, hey, everyone um, in Courageous Destiny land, my name is Jason. My pronouns are he, him, and I am the owner of Fuzzy Logic Escape Room out in Downers Grove. We actually opened our storefront about three years ago, uh, just last week, February of 2018. I remember it. It was a blizzard, just like what we've been experiencing over the past couple of weeks. And um, I was doubtful and nervous about if folks were going to potentially come in. And yet, still, that opening weekend, we had some people who uh, were from the local community and others who are passionate about escape rooms come by and actually play our games. The very first customers so ever walked through the door. over again because I had a little bit of an internet pause and I have a oh, no. maybe our, our listeners didn't catch the first part of that. So my yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Gotta love the, the magic of live TV. So once again, hey everyone, my name is Jason. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the owner of Fuzzy Logic Escape Room, which opened in Downers Grove just three years ago. Um, it was February of 2018. I remember it was a blizzard like what we were experiencing nowadays. And uh, I was nervous about whether or not people would come in our doors. And lo and behold, there are some local community members, as well as other people who are passionate about enjoying this style of art and gameplay. And they came by and they were our very first customers. Since then, we've hosted thousands of community members, families, and local organizations with fun team building activities where people would come into the store, get to leave the cell phones behind, the computers behind, and actually engage in face-to-face, hand-in-hand, real-time, collaborative communication and critical thinking, playing in one of our five um, fun, whimsical escape rooms that we have at our facility um, in ways that really help establish human connection. Um, Of course, with the COVID-19, it definitely impacted our industry. Uh, doing an in-person experience where you're stuck in a room with folks and, uh, uh, and, and needing to handle lots of objects isn't exactly in vogue. <laughs> so we needed to figure out how to be able to pivot. 
So after, like, we were actually among those that were kind of skeptical, being like, oh, yeah, this will blow over after a while. By the summer, we'll be completely fine. And then time started to trickle along, and we saw the writing on the wall going, no, this is something bigger than that, and we need to do something about it and fast. So in mid to late April, we started researching about what other escape rooms were doing. There were a few in the U.S., but a lot in the Europe area that had started to do an online transition of escape rooms and where folks would join on something like Zoom, a technology that nobody had heard about before, but now everyone was being forced and relegated to the world of video conferencing. We tried out a couple of experiences and decided to develop our own flavor of how that gets delivered through the online experience. So for the past nine months, we've been doing Zoom escape rooms where folks will join from the comfort of their home to be able to join one of our team members and be able to see through our cameras our actual physical escape rooms. And we run around the uh, room experience doing the um, asks and commands of the team, kind of like a secret agent. You guys get to play. So not That's only, right. <laughs> so not only do we get to play because we get to go in over Zoom, but you mm-hmm. like literally get to play for a living then. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I love playing these games to begin with. It's what helped me get into the industry, just loving this type of art format. But yeah, we get to experience and re-experience our very own creations over and over again with our customers as a result of this. Whereas before, we kind of always took a a backseat. We would just be monitoring the cameras, make sure everyone's playing safely, give the occasional hint if people needed it, and then congratulate people or um, usher them uh, through the experience, explain where they might have missed some stuff, and then they go on their merry ways. But now that we're doing it online, we're literally in the action, an extension of the team performing the room on their behalf. Okay, so you know the okay, so this is just for my own personal benefit. So you know the rooms really well, and then people are directing you. I mean, what do you do with your facial expression? I mean, I would be (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, no, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Oh goodness. Well, I mean, in all honesty, our faces aren't present on the screen. So even if we were doing facial expressions. Um, it's a first-person camera view, so it's kind of like you're seeing what I'm seeing. I'm displaying everything out, and you're able to see the actual room as if you were in it on oh, your own. Oh, as if they were you. As if yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Exactly. Like, you're basically seeing through our eyes when you're playing online. And, yeah, I mean, yes, we know the room, but something that we do that perhaps may be a little different than other escape rooms that are trying out this type of specific kind of pivot, because there are lots of different ways that different escape rooms have decided to go, but we decided to do a very interactive and engaging avatar, real life, real time experience. We like to infuse story and character into our rooms where um, we'd be in there and kind of playing the role of somebody who would make sense in that storyline, whether it's like, oh, I'm an evil villain in here trying to do your bidding, or like, it's Sherlock time and we're trying to discover clues. Like, we're in the room and interacting with folks and being the ones that are driving the story through the character. And we've been able to... um, Yeah, for me personally. And it's funny, before this, I'd never really done a lot of character voice acting or other things like that. And it sounded kind of fun and whatnot. And it's helped us get recognized, too, within the industry as 
uh, as being an escape room that really pours a lot into this specific kind of online pivot, including getting recognized on some directories as being a top escape room, receiving some nominations and even some awards from um, from escape room industry um, trusted names and organizations, which has been really, really um, amazing as a small escape room in suburban Chicago land. Oh, I love it. By the way, on my bucket list is to do some voiceover work. So Ooh. if you ever somebody to record, you could help me with some of my bucket list. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I want to do some, I want to do some voices. Okay. So one of the questions that I have, so first of all, I have to bring up Courageous Destiny too, because one of the things that I that struck me right away when we met was that you love what you do. Like it's fun. You used to play games for, you know, you used to play games. You were an enthusiast of games. You and your friend, I remember you were telling me you went to your mm -hmm. first escape room and you like broke the record or something <laughs> like that. You got some kind of an award, which was really cool. And you really liked it. And that inspired you to create the escape room and be a franchise owner leave corporate America, which happens to be what I call your courageous destiny, right? right? And do something that you're passionate about and that you have a fun time doing. And so yeah. this is, I, I, I want to point that out for my listeners, because this is a great example that guys, if you're sitting there at corporate right now and the neon, you know, <laughs> the neon lights are burning your skin and sucking the life and soul right out of you. Yes, I have no opinion about that then right. this is a great example. You're a great example of one way you can really look at something that you really have a good time doing and find a way to monetize it and literally play for a living in your case, which I love. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, definitely. And, and one thing really quick to clarify is that um, a, hopping in as a small business owner, of course, is a tremendously, tremendously big jump. And, um, and uh, you mentioned uh, becoming a franchise owner. There are definitely, um, there are definitely escape rooms that are out there that are franchises, um, but we are fully 100% custom, self-built, self-designed. Um, we don't get anything from a national headquarters. And actually most escape rooms that are out there are likely small mom and pop businesses that are single location solopreneurs or small family entrepreneurs. Um, cool. uh, yeah. yeah. You have no rules. I love that. You yeah, totally. You'll, you'll never see another fuzzy logic out there. Or granted, we were originally on the track of potentially thinking about franchising our business out to others and be one of those other um, escape room franchises elsewhere in the States. Uh, but unfortunately, that was a little further down the trajectory, and you've hit a couple of road bumps along the way. So um, whether that's in the, the long-term view of the escape room or not, it's still coming into question, but we definitely still love and enjoy everything that we've been able to do on the home front. Well, I love it. I love it. So I want to go, I'm going to go back to your pivot, because I pivoted out of it, and now we're going to pivot back. Yeah. One of the things that I want to make sure that our my listeners heard was when you said as soon as you realized that this was not going away, so COVID was not going away, you had a recreational business, like this is a huge problem, right? You have a recreational business that requires people to come in and play and you had to shift over to Zoom. You had to shift over yep. to a way 
of still being able to offer the escape room experience, but in such a way that people weren't physically in a facility like they are today or like they were when you first had opened. Not that it would be like that again, but this is, you know, it was important. Now, but one of the things that you said that I think it's really important for people to hear was the first thing you did was you started looking at what are other escape rooms around the country doing? Because not everybody's going to close, right? And that's what I think a lot of people in fear can, it stops them from action. It stops them from having their whips about them. So something as simple as doing some different research to see what others are doing might actually end up being an oversight to some people. So I think that's mm -hmm. really important. And I love to share that, you know, with, you know, for sure, when, I, when I'm coaching somebody in sales or what have you, I always ask them, what are the leaders doing? Interview mm -hmm. them, find out what they're doing. Because if they can do it, there's a pathway, there, there is steps that they have taken that have allowed them to create and bring that success into their lives. So if they can do it, you can do it too. Yeah, absolutely. And as we were doing kind of our, our research and reach out, uh, obviously, we as an industry, escape room owners, not just in the U.S., but worldwide, we're struggling with the realities of the impact of the pandemic on, on our, our very core of our business. So as some people were experimenting with one thing, others were experimenting with a, another thing. Like some people went down the route of doing like, um, like uh, subscription boxes where you could get like a little mini escape room shipped to your house, which I thought was a super neat process or people who were focusing more on like audio-based adventures where you dial into something that didn't have a video component to it, or yet others were doing stuff that were strictly just on websites and creating kind of intricate um, point and click adventures along the way. And so there were lots of different avenues that we were seeing um, all throughout. So the research is 100% uh, ab absolutely important. And you just have to decide based on what it is that you're seeing, what's within your capabilities and what's within your interest set. For me, like I love playing games. And so being able to play my own games felt very, very intuitively in line with, uh, with what we feel <laughs> to like share joy with everyone. So I decided to go that route. Um, and then the other thing too, is because all of us were just trying new and different things, in all honesty, we all were trying to pivot. And you'd be surprised how much so-called so competitors within the space would be willing just to be able to share knowledge, to be able to kind of express what hurdles that they've encountered and how they overcame them, uh, and just to be able to knowledge share. Um, and I, too, do that in turn when people reach out to me and ask for advice on how they're going about doing their pivot of the business, either because they're trying something different or maybe they're just getting uh, stepping up to the plate and making a transition now that we're several months into the pandemic and things like that. Um, especially for like the escape room industry, our consumers consume our product only once. And that kind of makes us unique where our competition is also our source of other referrals or other opportunities where we could refer people to each other. Um, it, when thinking in not so much pandemic crazed times, um, you can reach out to like mentors who have walked in the shoes in the past, um, who may be familiar with the industry and kind of the ins and outs of how you have to navigate it, or, um, or even honestly, just being able to seek help from people who 
honestly know what the heck they're doing <laughs> in their specific field. So right. you don't have to be worrying about it as much, whether it be related to finances or related to marketing or related to hiring people. There are experts out there, companies out there that specialize in that stuff. And as a person diving into entrepreneurship, you're expected to wear all those hats and to wear them well. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Yes, there's something else that you had said just in that, that when there was other ways that you could have pivoted your business, uh, the mm -hmm. ways that other people were, you chose the, the pathway. And I always think this is really important for people too, because sometimes we ignore what brings us joy. Mm -hmm. You chose the pathway that brought you the most joy, that just seemed like the natural way to go. Where yeah. a lot of people, I think in business, mess up is they don't listen to themselves. They don't listen to their own inner guidance, you know? And so I really like that, you know? And yeah. I, I think that it, you know, even just meeting you, that joy and the excitement about what you do shines through and, you know, it helps you, you know, I always believe like, especially in sales, if you believe a hundred percent in the product or service that you sell, mm -hmm. you're not even really selling anything. You're just sharing and people are picking up on that on that energy, you know, so, and, you know, with, sorry, I just had a minute, minor blip there. <laughs> no worries, no worries. You're coming in just fine, loud and clear. People like the energy of joy in a sale. They love to see that. So I, I love yeah. to hear that. So one question that I have for you is, I'm a, one of the things that you said, I thought was the coolest thing. Cause of course, whenever, <clears throat> I meet somebody, I think about, oh, well, how would I sell this? Or how, you know, what's the best way to sell this? It's just that, 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 that salesperson's always in me. And one of the things that I heard that you do is that you go, when you did the pivot, you also pivoted who you were speaking to. Bingo. So you went into corporate, right? So, Absolutely. so from recreation to corporate to team building, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah corporate and I've got a team, I'm a corporate <laughs> and I have a team, right? What, what kind of, what, you know, how does it bring the teams together? How have you seen it bring the teams together and stuff? Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of in the offering that I explained, you're, everyone's in Zoom meetings all day or whatever your video conferencing platform, and they all start to look and sound the same after a while. And yeah, technically we're just one more that's thrown off into the mix, but it's inherently different. You're up and active and talking with each other, collaborating with each other, critically thinking together as a team in ways that really build team camaraderie, communication, and trust. And that's incredibly critical when previously we're able to build those types of relationships and that type of rapport just by virtue of being around each other. Or even better yet, this is also a solution for organizations that had always needed to wrestle with this reality of their team members being in different geographies, where before the ability to see your global peers was usually restricted just to managers, directors, or executives. Now this is a fun, safe, engaging, and honestly cost-effective opportunity to be able to get people even at the line level connected with each other, whether they're folks that are uh, spread out between Seattle and New York, um, whether it's folks down within Louisiana and French Canada, or even people that are like doctors in New Jersey and out in India. We're able Fun. to connect together. 
um, with, a com- with a common shared experience that makes people go, wow, we really had fun with each other. And not only did we have fun with each other, but we were able to work together to be able to really find success in this experience. We also, um, given my background in talent management consulting, uh, I also have a debriefing curriculum that talks about the escape room experience as an analogy for working in the workplace. Because if I were to dryly boil down what an escape room is, it's a group working together to accomplish some kind of central goal by uh, by using and completing data and tasks along the way that may leverage different skill sets and types of perspectives under a strict time limit. That's a work project. <laughs> and so if you, if, if you, but it's, in a, it's a fun and, uh, and safe environment to be able to exercise these things in ways that sets the titles aside, embraces the diversity of everyone's perspectives, and allows each person to be able to showcase their own unique individual strengths. In this kind of environment, allows you to exhibit behaviors and, and, and share experiences that are immediately applicable in the workplace. And our debriefing conversation that talks about that dives into what are the different kind of working styles? Are you like the data guy that takes care of all the details? Or are you like the big delegator that goes, all right, how's that going? Is this over here? You go do that kind of thing. And all of those different pieces are important for team cohesion and team success. But if you experience conflict along the way because of gaps in understanding or communication, what are some strategies to be able to fix that? And, uh, and address, um, address that. And so we use the escape room as an analogy to be able to help solidify behaviors, build those neural pathways so that you're more likely to exhibit those behaviors in real life in the workplace. Yeah, I would imagine too, if you're a manager or you're a leader in an organization and you're watching your teams in these escape rooms, you can see yeah. like, who, who are my natural leaders here? Who are the people that I thought were leading the pack, but really aren't allowing other people to shine or, you know, or, or maybe there's a skill set that I had overlooked in somebody as well. I, I think it's really awesome. I really do. Yeah. So I think it's cool. So I would think that, you know, anytime that there's a sales, you know, because I, I, I go back to my sales roots, right? And yeah. <laughs> there are other, there are other departments, of course, you know. But anytime that there's some kind of, you know, I think about all the getaways and all the team building exercises and all of the kickoff meetings, you know, corporate. The retreats that aren't happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. And I would imagine this would be a pivot that wouldn't have occurred had COVID not happened. And to me, it sounds like a really great permanent pivot and a lot, a lot like sky's the limit on growing your business. You don't have the confines of locale anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, having said that, it's interesting because this specific demographic actually was in our trajectory of a a demographic that we wanted to target. So we created Fuzzy Logic Escape Room certainly to be an accessible and family-friendly brand amidst an industry that focused on haunted houses and horror and other things like that. We knew that there was value in being able to connect with companies in addition to sales, recruiting with interns, 
um, a employee engagement with different business resource groups for like working moms or, or, or employees of color um, or LGBTQ individuals or other veterans and other things that are meant to drive community and engagement within an organization. We wanted to be able to be there and provide services for that. So in addition to the storefront, we actually had portable escape room games that we could pack into a bag, zip up the luggage, go onto a plane and fly with. And then we offered a flexible offering where we could go into a convention hall ballroom and outfit the space or as small as a little conference room breakout room and be able to deliver an experience for um, our clients on site at their location and make it easy. And granted, I had a lot of fun with that too. I love traveling around. But again, with that's not exactly happening right now, this pivot gave us a very interesting side door to be able to start to engage with that community. And as we start to get back to being able to do some of the things in person, those retreats, those kickoffs, those big conferences, we want to be able to be there and to be able to provide services that may actually be a hybrid of what we did before with physical components as well as what we're doing with digital components too, because we started to experiment with large scale offerings too. I love it, I love it. So I, I love this because I, I think that's what, you know, for so many people, you know, yes, that was, you know, sometimes, you know, I drive around, you know, my neighborhood or what have you, and I'll see the stores that have closed. And it's very sad, you know, yeah. to think about all of the jobs lost and, and different things, but, there's also the other side where some businesses have truly thrived and it and they've really risen to the occasion. And, you know, so it's an honor to have you on my show sharing about that. So I've definitely Thanks for having me. Definitely. So I, I always have two questions that I ask everybody who comes on my podcast. I always ask the first question I ask is what is the most courageous thing you have ever done and why? Cool. So, I mean, I guess the easy answer would be started a business, become an entrepreneur. But if I were to think outside of that um, scope, because it, in all honesty, when I started the business, I, I come from a business background. I come from corporate and kind of understood a little bit of the ins and outs, not to say that it's an easy transition or a shoe in and whatnot, but I kind of understood what needed to happen. I have a background as a CPA. I did some talent management consulting. And some of those pieces just naturally fell into place when it came to getting a business startup, even though it's my first one, and I'm definitely learning tons along the way. I would say it wasn't necessarily like the, oh my gosh, like this is so big. Um, I would say the most courageous thing that I had done is I... I distinctly remember being talked into it and I was terrified because I actually have a fear of heights, or at least I like to think I have a fear of heights, but then I explain things that I do. Um, I went skydiving, not once, but twice went skydiving. And, uh, and I, I distinctly remember being like, what the heck am I doing here? I had the tandem person trapped up behind me and we were already at altitude just looking down. And I distinctly remember um, my tandem guy, he's like, all right, we're jumping on three. One, two, and he just jumps right on two. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> so, so, I mean, it was a really thrilling experience. A friend of mine was a certified um, diver himself and just wanted to be able to share the feeling of flight with me. And, and I found it to be such an enriching experience just to kind of be out there, um, the, the view being phenomenal. And then honestly, just being able to, take that leap of faith, almost quite literally, 
and, uh, and feel comfortable with kind of what's happening around you, the people there that are able to support you and keep you safe, um, the experiences that you get along the way that are so uniquely experienced at that time that genuinely can't be replicated otherwise. Um, I did go skydiving a second time. Once was on the West Coast, once was on the East Coast. I unfortunately didn't keep up with it because I at a time, for a while I was like, ooh, should I get certified too? Um, but I had I enough excessive hobbies at the time. So yeah. I to a friend of mine who went skydiving and she was so excited. It's like her whole face lit up and she had this amazing experience. And I'm like, yeah. one day. It's not for everyone. Not for everyone. <laughs> I, <will say. laughs> I'm like, I think courageous destiny, it, it, it is on my bucket list for sure. And that that's the next question that I have for you. So what is, what is that courageous thing that's on your bucket list that you want to make sure that you do? Oh my gosh. The most courageous thing that's on my bucket list. So I don't know if this, I'm going to make a broad generalization here and many apologies to to folks um, that may be like, what's he talking about kind of thing. But I had always, I had always wanted to be a speaker, a motivational speaker. Um, I, I feel like, I have a lot of fun uh, being out there on the stage, sharing my story, connecting with the audience, inspiring them to be better than who they were when they walked in the door and to commit to that, be able to live their best lives and be their best selves. And that's not the most courageous bucket list thing. Like, I feel like I'll eventually get there and I'd love to be able to revel in that experience. But I had always felt like, okay, a pre, like you have to have a prerequisite to be a speaker of sorts. It's just like, it feels like every motivational speaker that I've listened to has climbed the mountain one day. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not exactly an outdoorsy person, but I could see how that could be a really like life-shaping experience and whatnot. So to get over my, like my, it's not necessarily fear, but I'm, I'm a New York City kid at heart and, and my creature comforts are definitely something I enjoy. But to be able to step outside of my comfort zone and really infuse myself in nature in a way, ah, look at it, look at your comfort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be able to infuse myself into nature, to be able to experience the environment in, 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 a, in, in a way that really kind of pulls me into a space where I could really be like, okay, this is me and this is my experience to be really present in the moment and to accomplish something that is, is very challenging. Climbing a mountain uh, feels like, uh, feels like what would be on my bucket list. Now I'm willing for that to be a proverbial mountain. Um, So that could be something else that uh, is a big challenge that I'm trying to overcome. And I might even prefer that over doing it outdoors. So we'll see. Oh, Kristen, just one moment. You're hiccuping quite a bit. Um, Can you repeat your last statement? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You were climbing the proverbial mountain. Yeah, exactly. So my hope is, yeah, I I mean, I, I, I can see climbing a literal mountain being a very courageous bucket list thing. Um, but, uh, but I'll settle for a proverbial mountain. It, it's probably warmer and less than fewer. Open to something really courageous happening in your life. That is going to be a mountain that is proverbial that you climb. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. 
Well, thank you so much for, for coming on my show today. I, I absolutely love your, show, your story and I love what you do. I think that it's so much fun and so great, you know, for, you know, for teams to, to have some kind of an experience right now. Everybody needs to pick me up right now, you know, yeah. so playing a game with a team member on a Friday afternoon or, or at one of these events, I think it's just a huge opportunity. And um, I love the way that you've been able to pivot and that, and that, you know, you didn't let, you know, the limitation of being a recreational business stop you. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, you hit the nail on the head there. We all need um, opportunities to be able to smile, laugh, and experience joy with one another in ways that really build human connections. And when we needed to make this pivot, we were really scared about originally being an in-person experience, very much and like put away the phone, put away the computer. But now that we were forced in this mode of actually interacting and leaning on these digital devices to forge that human connection, then we looked back and we were like, is our entire mission destroyed? And we said, no, it wasn't about leaving the technology behind. Rather, it was engaging in a common experience together in a way that builds connection. So we changed our, our mission statement to be that we provide fun, unique experiences that break through the trance of the digital screen and strengthen connections together as human beings. I love it, I love it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everybody listens. You know, I, I really enjoyed interviewing you. And until next time, everybody, thank you for listening and tuning in. Yes, take care, everyone. Stay courageous. Yes, yes. Bye-bye.